DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents the Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He is featured on several series found on the Eternal Word television network. He's also the author of numerous books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the Venerable Bruno Lanteri, as well as other works focused on aspects of the spiritual life, including Spiritual Consolation, the book on which this series is based. The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits, with Father Timothy Gallagher. We now continue with Part 2 of Conference Talk 1 with Father Timothy Gallagher. Okay, let's turn now to the uh, actual text of the second set of rules. And let's read the title statement. It's brief and packed, as is true of Ignatius' writing uh, in general. So Ignatius tells us that what he's going to write, these are rules. Rules, again, has the same meaning that we saw with the first set of rules. A, A short set of essential practical guidelines for understanding a spiritual experience and knowing how to act with regard to it. He tells us these are rules for the same effect with greater discernment of spirits, and they help more for the second week. Okay, three things are said in this title statement, and all of them are key to understanding the second set of rules. These rules are rules for the same effect And this is why I say we need to know the first set of rules, because what he means there is these rules are for the same effect or purpose or goal as the first set of rules, but they have a greater discernment of spirits than that found in the first set of rules. And Ignatius specifies for which persons or to which persons the uh, second set of rules applies. Persons that he he describes as belonging to the second week. That's the language from the exercises. I'm going to amplify that and simply call it persons in the second spiritual situation. That is, uh, whether in the exercises or in daily life. All right, let's look at all three of these. Firstly, Ignatius tells us that these are rules for the same effect as those in the first set of rules. Now, if we look at the title statement to the first set of rules, Ignatius there tells us that these are rules for becoming aware just noticing the spiritual experience going on in our hearts and in our thoughts. And then as we see Ignatius do, working with it until we understand what is of the good spirit and of the enemy in these different movements, um, consolation, desolation, and their associated thoughts. And then once we've understood that, to take action accordingly, to receive, to accept the good movements and put them into practice, and to reject the bad so that they can never harm us. So that's the content of the title to the first set of rules. So be aware, notice, understand, and then take action. And this is our paradigm, which is familiar to us from the first set of rules. Now, what Ignatius is telling us is that the second set of rules are going to be rules for that same effect. Uh, In the second set of rules, as in the first, we're going to be called to awareness, to understanding, and to action, accepting what is of God and rejecting what is what is not of God. So if we go back to this experience of Ignatius at Manresa, when he is growing incredibly um, in holiness and closeness to the Lord, 
And then he has these great illuminations and spiritual consolations, which, uh, if allowed, will strip away the little sleeps that, uh, he, that he has programmed and potentially could undermine this entire journey of growth toward holiness. So again, a lot is at stake here. So we watch Ignatius do this. He's very aware of these thoughts and spiritual consolations. Uh, he chronicles them, as you see, as we read in, his, uh, in the spiritual uh, journal or in the, uh, his autobiography. And then, as, we've saw, as we saw, he looks into this, he, ref- he ponders, he reflects on this until he can understand that these spiritual consolations and associated uh, good and holy thoughts, this is not of the good spirit. Um, and then he takes action accordingly. He rejects them. So you can see that the, in the second set of rules, as in the first set of rules, the call will be the same, to be aware of the interior spiritual experience, to work with it until we understand what's of God and not of God, and then to take action accordingly, accepting what's of God and rejecting what is of the enemy. Now, we'll do it in a different circumstance than in the first set of rules, but this, this second set of rules, like the first, this is the first thing Ignatius is telling us, that they are for the same effect. Equally, as in the first, we are called to awareness, understanding, and action. Then Ignatius tells us that the second set of rules will call us to a greater discernment of spirits than the discernment of spirits in the first set of rules, which is an interesting statement because all of us know that just to be in touch with the spiritual consolations and spiritual desolations that go on in in the daily spiritual life is already a lot. Uh, To be aware of these, to understand them, and to take the appropriate action is already a lot. Ignatius is telling us that in the second set of rules, we are going to be called to a greater discernment of spirits than that, greater than in the first set of rules. So the question is, in what exactly does the greater consist? In the first set of rules, we discern between contrasting spiritual movements, the spiritual consolation of the good spirit and the spiritual desolation of the enemy. In the second set of rules, we are going to discern between similar movements, as we've already begun to intuit from those two experiences of Ignatius. The distinction or the discernment here will be between similar movements, spiritual consolation of the good spirit and spiritual consolation, which is not of the good spirit and can possibly be even a temptation of the enemy. In the first set of rules, contrasting spiritual movements, and in the second, similar spiritual movements. So you can see where the greater is going to come in. This is going to be more refined discernment than the discernment in the first set of rules. And thank God, Ignatius was able to craft for us um, just, uh, I marvel really, as I get to know the second set of rules, how he was able to step into such refined discernment and craft for us clear and usable ways to discern. Now, to get an understanding of the difference between the two sets of rules and when we use the one and the other, we need to look at, in the book of the spiritual exercises, at at a few of these 20 annotations with which Ignatius begins the text. These 20 annotations are a set of guidelines for the retreat director to help the retreat director know how to guide the retreatant in the spiritual exercises. And in three of them, Ignatius uh, addresses our issue. 
And we can speak of this, these three annotations as a directory that is um, a, a sort of a playbook or a, a set of guidelines on how to use the two different sets of rules. And I want to, well, uh, all right, let's look at the uh, annotation eight, which you have on uh, page three of the handout. So, excuse me, the eighth, the one who gives the exercises or in daily life, the spiritual director, according to the need that he perceives in the one who receives them with regard to the desolations and wiles of the enemy. So that's the first set of rules. Um, and also the consolations. So Ignatius just intimates that there's a second situation dealing with spiritual consolation with which uh, the person living the spiritual life may need help at some point. So uh, according to the need that he perceives in the person, may explain to him the rules of the first and second weeks, which are for recognizing different spirits. So there Ignatius just alerts a spiritual director to the fact that you look at the need of the person and according to the need that you see, you understand that the person needs the first set of rules or the second set of rules. All right. Um, let's look at the second set of rules in the light of an experience. And let's take this from Patricia, which you have following in the text. Patricia's life of faith before. So this is Patricia at college age. Patricia's life of faith before her college years consisted of family participation in Sunday Mass and occasional catechism classes. When she left home for her college studies, she simply ceased to attend Mass or to think about God in any conscious way. So uh, her faith is there, but it's not deeply rooted, and it simply falls away when she goes to college. She was occasionally troubled, however, to find herself assimilating some of the more self-indulgent behavior around her and to note a certain lowering of her formal, former moral standards. In the midst of friends, busyness, and laughter, something was too empty in her heart. And we'll recognize Ignatius' first rule in the first set. In a person heading away from God and towards sin, uh, there's the good spirit stinging and biting. Uh, even as she lives this life, something in her is not really happy. One evening, Patricia learned that two of her friends had been in a serious car accident and were in critical condition. The event affected her profoundly. That evening, she found herself seriously reviewing her own life and knew that she wanted to make a change. Without advising her friends, Patricia decided to attend Mass on Sunday in the student chapel. When she joined the assembly in song and prayer that Sunday, she experienced a new sense of peace and felt new hope of finding meaning in her life. Now, she's just hesitantly, uh, but really changing the direction of her life. She's taking steps to move toward God. And now you have, this is Ignatius' second rule in the first set, the good spirit giving courage and strength. Patricia obtained a copy of the scriptures and began to read them daily. Still saying nothing to her friends, she continued to attend Mass each Sunday. So she's growing toward the Lord. This is the profile of Ignatius' second, set, second rule in the first set. As her life of prayer grew, Patricia became increasingly aware of the contrast between the self-indulgent life without moral restraint and without God that she continued to share outwardly with her friends and the hidden life of faith, of faith in God growing daily in her, within her. She knew that these were incompatible and that she could not long avoid a clear decision to resolve this contrast. 
One Sunday, Patricia remained in chapel after Mass. That day, she found prayer more difficult than usual. God seemed distant, and she felt little inclination to pray at all. We'll hear spiritual desolation in this. In the quiet of the chapel, Patricia considered the step that lay before her, to tell her friends openly that faith in God had become important for her, and that she could no longer live in contrast with the teaching of Christ. And this weighs on her. The burden of this step weighed on her. Patricia knew that if she shared these convictions with her friends, they'd laugh at her. They would consider her old-fashioned, guilt-ridden, and they would spread this view of her among the other students as well. Patricia feared that she might be socially abandoned as a consequence. Can you see the enemy? Obstacles? It's too difficult. Still, another fear arose from her inability to feel God's love that Sunday morning. Might she be left both without friends and without the experience of God's love? As she sat in the chapel, a decisive choice for her new life of faith seemed too difficult to accomplish. So this is all the biting action of the enemy and the obstacles and so forth. With her heart burdened by these fears, Patricia opened the scriptures and reread the gospel of the Sunday Mass she had just attended, the account of Jesus walking on the water. She was especially struck by the experience of Peter, which seemed so similar to her own, his first steps toward Jesus on the water, and his subsequent fear when he saw the obstacles he faced. She read of his cry of fear, of Jesus' immediate saving response, and of Jesus' question to Peter, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? As she sat in the chapel, these words spoke directly to Patricia's heart. She turned to the Lord, asking for strength to live her new life of faith without fear. And again, I'm being overly analytical here, but because we're in a learning situation, she is, without obviously um, recognizing this, she is applying Rule 6 very beautifully here. That's the prayer and meditation Ignatius invites us to in time of desolation, and things begin to change. She turned to the Lord, asking for strength to live her new life of faith without fear. As Patricia prayed, new hope arose within her that with God's help, she would indeed be able to take the step that lay before her, the good spirit giving courage and strength, easing the obstacles. Patricia also decided to speak with the priest at the chapel about her struggles and resolved to call him later that day. First set of rules, rule 13. Perfect. Don't be alone with it. Break the spiritual silence. Find a wise and competent spiritual person and speak. She rose from her prayer with her heart strengthened in hope, and now spiritual consolation has replaced the spiritual desolation. We'll return to the second week rules for the discernment of spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? 
Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to the second week rules for the discernment of spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher. All right, in the light of that, let's read Ignatius's Annotation 9. You can just flip back uh, a page and you'll find it. <clears throat> the, ninth, the ninth is to note that when the person who is making the exercises or living the spiritual life and daily life is in the exercises of the first week, that is the early stages of the spiritual journey, if he is a person who is not versed in spiritual things, clearly Patricia fits this profile, and if he is tempted grossly and openly, as for example, by presenting obstacles to going forward in the service of God our Lord, such as labors, shame, and fear for the honor of the world. And this is precisely Patricia's situation. If I openly profess um, my new relationship with God, and I set out to live it, uh, I'm going to be laughed at, I'm going to be ostracized, it's going to be painful. So uh, Patricia perfectly illustrates exactly what Ignatius has in mind here. So when a person who is in this situation, beginning in the spiritual life, um, not yet uh, deeply learned in the spiritual life, vulnerable to these kind of open temptations, what will people think, and so forth, the one who gives the exercises or a spiritual director in ongoing life should not explain to him the rules about different spirits for the second week. Patricia doesn't even need to know there's a second set of rules. Why? Because as much as those for the first week will help him. So yes, when she goes and speaks with the chaplain, if the chaplain, please God, is wise and competent, he'll help Patricia understand her experience through the first set of rules because she's being visited exactly by the discouraging lies of spiritual desolation. And a lot hangs on this. If she doesn't, I'm not aware of them, doesn't understand them, doesn't reject them, uh, she could fall right back into her former life. 
And so she very much needs the wisdom of the first set of rules. And a good spiritual director will help her understand the enemy's tactic and how to reject it. But, but the, a good director is not even going to mention the second set of rules. Because as much as those of the first week, the first set will help him, those for the second week, the second set of rules will harm him as being matter too subtle and elevated for him, in this case her, to understand. It's the reason, for example, why I never teach the two sets of rules together. Okay, annotation nine. So in this situation, when Patricia is being tempted openly, it's in the earlier stages of the spiritual life, and the enemy is trying to discourage her through spiritual desolation, yes, we need to speak to Patricia of the first set of rules. They'll be enormously helpful, and we should not even mention the second set of rules to Patricia because they're too elevated, they're too refined, it's just going to discourage her. She'll even lose the clarity of the first set of rules if at this point someone were to speak to her about the second set of rules. All right, now we have Patricia in a second scenario years later. Ten years have passed since that Sunday morning in the college chapel. During those years, Patricia pursued her new life of faith with courage and dedication. She involved herself actively in the chapel community, began to pray daily, and participated in student retreats, and continued to speak regularly with the chaplain. So Patricia now uh, is growing in a very beautiful way in the spiritual life as the next years of her college life go by. Patricia's life acquired new meaning through her growing faith, and God's love became increasingly real for her. Her deepening faith also awakened a desire to serve others, and Patricia assisted in various initiatives of service to the poor. As we'll see, she's very drawn toward the service of the poor. There's a kind of grace um, of love for the poor at work in her. The sense of purpose and the joy evident in her life began to draw others, and Patricia became a quiet but effective apostle for the Lord. Six years after college, Patricia married a man who shared her life of faith and now has three children. Throughout these years, Patricia continued to pray daily and was active in her parish, above all in service of the poor. So the love for the poor and dedication of service to the poor remains very real for her. As previously in college, she encountered Christ in a special way through assisting the disadvantaged. When Patricia would return to her family after some hours in this service, she would find her faith stronger and her awareness of Christ in her husband and her children more alive. So that service of the poor blesses also her um, vocation as a wife and mother. All right, several more years pass. Patricia's children grew and left home for college. Recently, her pastor, aware of Patricia's love for the poor and knowing her children that her children were now in college, asked Patricia to consider creating a program of service to the poor in the parish. The need was real, and the program would provide an opportunity to help many. As Patricia and the pastor spoke about this, she realized that heading the program would be demanding. It would require most of her free time and the sacrifice of other activities she had hoped to undertake. It would also mean that she and her husband would have to relinquish their thoughts of moving. The pastor invited Patricia to take all the time she needed to decide. Patricia spoke with her husband and found that he was open to the pastor's suggestion. She also spoke with her spiritual director, who suggested that she pray about the decision for some weeks. This is a good director. 
and that she review her prayer and pray the examine daily. That's the invitation to awareness of what's going on in her prayer and spiritual experience. The director agreed to meet with Patricia regularly during these weeks. When Patricia prayed about the program for the poor, she consistently felt joyful and close to the Lord with a drawing toward this service. So as Patricia prays about whether God is asking her to begin the program of service of the poor in the parish, she consistently experiences spiritual consolation and an attraction of her heart toward that service. From Ignatius' teaching on uh, discerning God's will, we may recognize his second mode of discernment uh, possibly at work here, a consistent attraction in time of spiritual consolation. As the weeks unfolded, Patricia found her heart strongly inclined to say yes to the pastor. After sharing this with her director in their most recent meeting, Patricia felt that that the discernment was nearing completion. The next Sunday, Patricia attended Mass with her husband. The Gospel spoke of Christ's presence to those in need. And Patricia was especially struck by the words, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Earlier that week, she had learned that in a few months, her city would receive refugees from a war-torn third world country and that volunteers to assist them would be urgently needed. When she heard the priest proclaim Jesus' words, I was a stranger and you welcomed me, Patricia felt the Lord's presence and spiritual joy filled her heart, warm spiritual consolation uh, surges within her. She sensed that the Lord was addressing those words to her personally and in the context of the refugees. The thought of welcoming Christ in the impoverished refugees gave joy to her heart and desire for this service grew warm within her. So she is experiencing warm spiritual consolation and thoughts now about a very good and holy thing, and that is a service toward refugees who very urgently are going to need help. Patricia recognized, however, that she could not both begin the program in the parish and serve the refugees. Finding that her heart experienced joy and a drawing toward both projects, and recognizing that both were good, Patricia was understandably confused. She only wanted to do God's will, but now did not know how to find it. Unsure of how to discern, Patricia spoke with her director and asked for help. So what do we say about this discernment? How can Patricia discern in this case? And obviously, the discernment matters here. There are going to be consequences for many people. If she begins the program of service of the poor in the parish, many people are going to be affected and benefit. If she does not do it, that those people will not receive that benefit. If she serves the refugees, they will benefit. What will the impact be for Patricia and for her family? So obviously, this needs to be discerned well because there are consequences and for many people. So what we can't say to Patricia is, well, both options are good. Just do whichever you want. Um, (laughs) That's exactly what Ignatius wants to help us avoid in the second set of rules. And equally obviously, the first set of rules is not going to help Patricia at all here because there's no spiritual desolation in this scenario. She's experiencing spiritual consolation, warm, rich spiritual consolation toward two different, very good things. The first set of rules will be of no help to her here. So, is the new thought of God? It comes with spiritual consolation. And it is to help us in this situation that Ignatius gives us his second set of rules. So, we'll stop there, and in our next um, conversation, our next conference, uh, we'll begin to look at the solution. 
what we've done thus far is to see the issue that Ignatius wants to help us with. So we'll, we'll be returning. You've been listening to The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download the podcast version of this conference, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. To view Father Gallagher's video presentation of this conference, visit discerninghearts.com or the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for the second week rules for the discernment of spirits, an Ignatian guide to a greater discernment of spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher.